Hey guys! Hi! I'm Grace. And I'm Joy. And this is Murder by Murder, a history of the world as told in 225 murders. Yay! Yay! Uh, welcome back. Yeah! I don't think we have any business to cover today. I don't think so. So, I think we can just get right into it. Alright, sounds good. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so today we are covering the beautiful desert country of Pakistan, All right. which is in the Middle Eastern region in Asia. Yeah. Uh, we have not yet done a Middle Eastern country, so I was like, that needs to be next on the list. Yeah. So, I took like, I took a Middle Eastern studies class Ooh. in college, and I loved it oh fun like it's so the region is so fascinating and incredible and um just a quick disclaimer about this case this case is kind of brutal um it's not necessarily that it's graphic in terms of violence um but it's it's really sad mm. it's just a sad case okay um and it does involve uh, the death of younger individuals, teenagers, so basically children. So that's just a quick disclaimer. Want everybody to be aware. If that's not your cup of tea, we totally understand. Hope to see you back next week. And without further ado, I think we'll get into it. Okay. Although I do just want to say, um, this region that I'm going to be talking about, Kohistan, is a very, very specific region of Pakistan. I do not want people to believe that this one region is a reflection of how the entirety of Pakistan functions. This is one region, two tribes within one region, which is very tiny. It's an incredibly conservative region that exists within Pakistan in the same way that you know we have super alt-right groups that exist in America and pretty much in every part of the world and bad people do bad things no matter where you're from. So I do not want the message uh, to be that the whole country functions in a certain way because that is absolutely not the message. And if we get any anything saying otherwise, uh, you are not welcome here. Of this podcast yeah okay all right so first of all let's just talk a little bit about Pakistan as a whole so it is officially known as the Islamic Republic of Pakistan it is a country in South Asia it is actually the world's fifth most populous country huh I did not know that I didn't know that either mm-hmm and it has a population of almost 243 million people. Holy crap! Uh-huh. That is so many people. Uh-huh. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. It has the world's second largest Muslim population. Okay. Just behind Indonesia. Um, it 
is also one of the youngest democracies in the world because it established the current democratic system that it has in 2003. Oh, wow. So it's quite young in terms, not necessarily as a country, because it's as a country yeah. it's existed for quite a while, but in terms of its current democratic system as a democracy, it's, it's pretty little. It's a little bit yeah. of a democracy. So, no, no kidding. Super fun. It's like 20 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And, you know, Pakistan was created to uphold these principles of democracy, but its history is fraught with military coups and dictatorships and, you know, people who have just kind of taken over and declared themselves president. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of fraught political history in Pakistan, and, you know, that has definitely contributed to some of the the cultural yeah. some of the cultural views um there are some suspicions of general corruption within the government but i mean i don't think there's a single country out there where there's not a little bit <laughs> yeah, of corruption no um you know there are you know extrajudicial killings by the government um sometimes people just go missing um, corporal punishment, you know, inhumane torture by the government or its agents is still employed and such, even though it's technically illegal. So those are, you know, just some important things to keep in mind. But, you know, it's a beautiful country with a beautiful, rich culture. Yeah. Uh, and I loved studying it uh, when I took that class. So nice. So one thing that is going to be super relevant to our story today is honor killings. Do you know anything about honor killings? Nope. So an honor killing is an act, it, it's murder, mm -hmm. and it's where a person is murdered for his or her perceived immoral behavior. What? So this immoral behavior, it can include alleged marital Blech. Alleged marital infidelity, um, refusal to submit to an arranged marriage, demanding a divorce, wow. perceived flirtatious behavior, and even being raped. Oh my gosh. And sometimes suspicions and accusations alone are enough to be considered your honor is defiled and therefore you have to be killed in order to regain honor. That's ridiculous. So it is important to note, honor killings are illegal in Pakistan. Okay. They are illegal. That's good. However, that does not mean that they don't happen. In the same way that like in the United States, murder is illegal. <laughs> it still happens. Yeah. So that's why I want to make it very clear that this case is not characteristic of the entire country. Yeah. So, but you know, in terms of Pakistani culture, you know, honor is important for both men and women to uphold in the culture, right? You know, women yeah. protect their honor with modesty and uh, submissiveness, and men tend to protect their honor uh, by seeing by being seen as masculine and yeah. such. And so, the cultural perspective behind honor is that if a woman does something that the community perceives as immodest or immoral then the men in her family must uphold their masculinity 
and regain the family's honor by murdering the woman. If they don't, then this dishonor that has been brought to the family will extend beyond the immediate family and basically your entire lineage is dishonored or even the entire community. Holy crap. That is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And because of this, usually somebody who completes an honor killing, so the murderer in an honor killing, is usually highly esteemed in the community because of their courage and because what they had to do with murdering another, like murdering somebody was way worse than death itself. Wow. There are about a thousand honor killings of women by relatives each recorded year in Pakistan, according to human rights campaigners, although the numbers are very likely much higher than that. That is awful. Yeah. So the case that we will be covering today is an honor killing. Okay. So we're going to be covering the Kohistan video case. Okay. So. Kohistan is an administrative district within the Hazara region of the Khyber Pakhtunkhwa province in Pakistan. Um, it's a highly conservative region, pretty small, like it's, it's a little district. There are, you know, some small tribes that exist within it. Uh, and again, super small, not indicative of the country as a whole. I cannot stress that enough. Okay. So, the video. In the video, there are four girls. Baziga, Serene Jen, Begum Jun, and Amina. They are clapping and singing along at a wedding. There is also a fifth girl present, Shaheen. She is there but does not appear in the video. She's off screen somewhere. Okay. Um, there is a man seen dancing in a separate shot while a man records both him and the girls. Mm. So this video was filmed at a wedding celebration uh -huh. in Kohistan. Okay. Um, now, they don't really have a capable law enforcement system in Kohistan. And so cultural traditions are enforced by things called tribal jirgas. Okay. Um, and a jirga is essentially a group of leaders that makes decisions according to Pashtunwali, which is the Pashtun social code. Being Pashto is really important to most people who are Pashtun. It's, you know, they, they speak their own language. Um, they are an ethnic group historically native to the Pashtuns, the Pashtunistan region of southern Afghanistan and northwestern Pakistan. So they are, you know, kind of their own group. And it's uh, really interesting, actually, because a lot of people will first identify as Pashtun and then Pakistani, or Pashtun and then Afghanistani, hmm. because their ethnicity is held more dear to them. So that, you know, that social code, Pashtunwali, is kind of what we're operating by here. Okay. So that's conducted to settle disputes amongst Pashtuns, but also members of other ethnic groups who are influenced by the Pashtuns in 
present-day Afghanistan and Pakistan because okay. they come from both of those countries. So, in May 2012, the video was posted online. The girls and the men were from different tribes in this region. Okay. And so a jirga was called by the local tribesmen, and it was decided that all of the participants of the video should be killed because intertribal mingling was considered to be forbidden and dishonorable. Wow. They're just people. I know. And I know that this is something that might be really hard for us to understand. Yeah. But, you know, this is part of why we're doing this podcast is to help us understand other cultures better, right? So, and um, you know, some cultures are easier to understand than others. Yeah, for sure. So, the, the incident reached national attention in June of 2012. 2012? 2012. <laughs> when Afzal Kohistani, he was the elder brother of the two boys that were connected to the video. Okay. He went public and said that the girls had been killed on the orders of the Azkadel tribe Jirga. So the Jirga of the Azkadel tribe had ordered that the girls be killed. Okay. Officials from that area denied that this had happened and said that the girls were alive and well. Uh-huh. This case was dismissed because human rights activists and government officials made two trips to the villages to meet the girls as ordered by the Supreme Court of Pakistan. So they were trying to make sure that these girls were okay. Uh And initially they did confirm that at least four of the girls were still alive. Okay. At this point. However, Dr. Farzana Bari, she was a women's rights activist who, she made both trips to meet the girls. She initially agreed with the conclusions reached and then she sort of changed her tune later and we'll talk about that a little bit more. Okay. So once they closed the case, Afzal Kohistani said, no, no, those four girls that you met, imposters. They covered their faces with veils and with scarves so that you wouldn't know who they are and that the real girls are in fact dead. Wow. So he applied to reopen the case and because of that, three of his brothers were shot and killed. Oh my gosh. That's really sad. So on February 8th, 2014, a former member of the Provincial Assembly of the Khyber Pakhtunkhwa from Kohistan publicly said that the four girls seen in the video had in fact been killed. Yeah. And this prompted Afzal Kohistani to file yet another petition for the girls to be produced in court. Once again, this was rejected, so he took it once again to the Pakistani Supreme Court, where in November 2016, another commission was ordered, right? So we're kind of going in circles here. Yeah. The defense lawyer said the girls couldn't be brought before the commission because of local tribal restrictions it would make it a matter of honor and shame for them to appear before the court. Uh-huh. Um, Justice Ijaz Afsal uh, basically said that argument is BS. Uh, 
<laughs> and um, the session, the sessions judge Shoaib Khan and other officials were were dispatched to go and get the girls because they were like, no, 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 that's that's BS. Yeah. So four girls did appear before them, mm-hmm. but a lot of inconsistencies were noted about the age of the girls. Okay. So like the ages weren't easy to tell. Um, not quite. So, there were inconsistencies about the age of the girls that were produced and the ones that appeared in the video. So the ones that were presented to them and the ones that were in the video. So, for example, the girl who claimed to be Amina, in the report that was submitted by the the commission to the Supreme Court, Uh said, quote, By appearance, she was about 14, 15 years old. Reportedly, the video was shot back in the year 2010 and surfaced on the internet in 2012. If we subtract the six years from Amina's age at the time of the video shooting, she would be eight to nine years old, whereas the girl visible in the video looked to be between age 20 to 22 years old back in the year 2010. Okay, I got lost. What? So, (laughs) I got kind of lost. I apologize. The girl in the video, Amina, Uh looked 20 to 22 years old. Yes. The girl that they brought into court was was 14, 15 years old. Okay. And since the video was shot in 2010, and this is now 2016, if we were to subtract six years from 14, 15 years old, she would have been eight or nine in that video. But in the video, we clearly see somebody who's 20, 22. Okay, got it. I get it now. (laughs) I apologize. It's all good. I just, there are lots of numbers said. It's okay. And my brain doesn't do great with numbers. This is correct. I can confirm this. (laughs) And so I got lost. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, no problem. We got it. I got you. It makes sense now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So... Similar discrepancies were found in each of the case, each cases with the girls. Okay. Um, and the one that I said with Amina, that was an example. So yeah. Farzana Bari, um, who I mentioned earlier, a human rights activist, yeah. um, she made a statement to the court which talked about her earlier concerns that the girls seen in the video were not the ones who had been presented before the original commission. And she said, quote, Photos of the girls taken during the commission session were given to a Routers journalist, Catherine Harold, who got the matching done through a renowned independent British agency, Digital Barriers. It was found in that said report that the photos of the girls who were made to appear before the commission did not match the images of the girls appearing in the said video. Yeah. Oof. So, in August 2018, on the order of the Pakistani Supreme Court, the Kohistan police registered um, an information report for the alleged honor killing of the five girls that were connected to the video. Mm-hmm. And in December 2018, the investigation found out that two of the five victims were reportedly alive, mm-hmm. but that three of the girls, Siran Jan, Begum Jan, and Bagiza, had indeed been murdered. That's really sad. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about Afsal Kohistani. He is the guy who blew the lid on this thing. 
And honestly, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't even know any information about this. Okay. So, he was a Salakel tribesman from the Kolai Palace district. He was one of eight children. Wow. Uh, the family lived pretty comfortably, you know, pretty upper middle class. And they were well-respected within their village community of Gadan. That's, um, that's impressive with eight kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's not easy to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and throughout his life, Afzal at one point ran a tailoring shop. He clerked for a lawyer. He traded bee honey. And he studied law in his free time. So this man is just doing all the things. Okay. Snaps for him. Yeah. So, in 2010, he was living in Mancera with his wife and two of his younger brothers, two, two of his younger brothers, Bin Yasir and Golnazan. So, around this time... Hello. <laughs> it must be like a helicopter or something. What do we want? Low-flying airplane noises. When do we want them? <laughs> I mean, there is an airport where we live. That's a, don't tell them that. You give away our location. No, it's not. <laughs> There's so many airports in the world. <laughs> and in the U.S., they don't know where we are. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Okay, after that terrible dad joke to lighten the mood a little bit, let, let me bring you back down. So, um, around this time, uh, Yasir and Nazar, the two younger brothers, returned to the family village where they grew up, Gadar, um, and that was where the video was filmed. Oh, okay. So, when the video went viral, Yasir and Nazar were, were arrested because of two of their brothers and other families from the Sadakal tribe um, left Gedar and moved to Alai, where they had been offered protection from the Azadakal tribe, to um, which that was the tribe that the girls in the video belonged to. Okay. So, Afzal did not want to follow the tribal tradition because he knew that it would result in the death of his brothers, and so he tried to present the sentence uh, the Jurga sentence from being carried out. Gotcha. Um, his decision to break the traditional code sparked a feud between his family and the and this other tribe, the family of the girls who were in the video. Yeah. So, but when that failed and his brothers were eventually killed, he went to the media and he, you know, repeatedly raised all of that litigation that we talked about to prove that the murders had been taking place. Yeah. Um, and Avzal, he, he knew that the suspects were lying and he never, ever budged on that. And he said, quote, they killed all five girls by severe torture and are not identifying graves as it will reveal their brutality. They think that I have defamed the honor of the people of Kohistan, and killing me is their target, but I will continue to fight against the so-called culture in which animals are more valuable than human beings. Wow. 
And as a result of this, three of Absal's brothers who stayed behind in Gadar were murdered in January of 2013. Mm. And actually, Absal's house was firebombed. Oh, wow. That's awful. So, unfortunately, at 8.10 p.m. in the rather populated area of Sarbang Chok, Afzal Koistani was shot multiple times by an unidentified gunman who did manage to get away um, on March 6, 2019. Wow. In Ab- Uh Three passersby were also injured. Um, they were identified as Kalimula, Said Karim, and Sabir. Um, Afzal was with his nephew at the time of the incident. The nephew was reportedly armed and shot back at the gunman, but he himself was unhurt. Afzal had said for years that his life was in danger. He had told um, BBC Urdu in an interview that his family was living under a constant threat. He said, quote, Justice will only be done when the killers of the women and of my brothers will be sentenced. Only then can we expect to end and only then can we expect an end to honor and reprisal killings in Kohistan. Wow. And um, Ms. Farzana Bari said he was a fearless voice in Pakistan. This was a man who has been struggling for the last seven years to get justice. And not only justice for him, for himself and his family, but he wanted justice for women and not only in Kohistan, but women in the rest of the country. And actually Hours before his death, Afsal Kohistani, he had told local journalists, journal, why can't I speak today? <laughs> he had told local journalists in Abbottabad that justice was closing in on the people that were responsible for the murders, and also that he had gotten an imminent threat to his life that day. Wow. That's crazy. Hours before his death. That's crazy. So, we do get a little bit of justice here. Okay. In January of 2014, six men from the Azadekal tribe, the tribe of the women in the video, uh-huh. um, were convicted of murdering Afsal Koyastani's three brothers. Yay. That's good. One of them were sentenced to death, and five others were sentenced to 25 years in prison. Um, and okay. all of them were relatives of the girls in the video. Wow. Six other men, including the Jirga chief, who allegedly ordered the initial murders, though, were acquitted. Why? And in 2017, the high court overturned the six men's convictions. So, like, they just, they got out? Yeah, everybody got out. How long have they even been in? Three years. That's... Wow. So, in September of 2019, Bagiza's father, um, Sareen Jan's father, and Begum Jan's brother were all convicted of murder and sentenced to life in prison. Oh, wow. And they are still there, as far as I'm aware. Okay. So they at least have gotten some semblance of justice. Yeah. Five other men were acquitted. 
in their murder, but, wow, you know. And um, if you remember Bin Yasir, Koestani's younger brother, mm-hmm. he told uh, GOTV that he was overall satisfied with the court's order. He said, quote, it has taken so long, but we finally have some kind of justice. Yeah. Um, and he was single-handedly pursuing the case since Koestani was murdered. Because since 2012, his family has been killed and displaced across mm-hmm. all of Pakistan. Yeah. And he said, quote, at least 40 people were involved in the killing of my brothers and the women. I am upset that five people have been acquitted. More people should have been convicted, including the Jirga elder who passed the order to kill the women. Wow. I mean, yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> 100%. And that is the very, very tragic story of the Kohistani video case and the senseless murder of Afstal Kohistani. Wow. So, I know that there's not a ton of information there that's to be found with this case. You know, there's a lot of, like, it's a lot of hearsay, it's a lot of, like, you know, they were just, they were born and then they died and there's not a lot of... There's not a lot of information about the girls, which I desperately wanted to find. Yeah. But unfortunately, it just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because, you know, that's just that's just the culture of this, yeah. of this particular area, right? Yeah. The the women of this particular area are not seen as important enough to have records kept of their life yeah. and of who they were. So I can't tell you if they had husbands or children or siblings or anything. Yeah, it's really sad. And I so wish that I could because that is really what I would want to do. And I'm really glad that I was able to talk more about Afzal. Um, and honestly, you know, we, we all, we have him to thank that we have this information because yeah. he was the one who fought for this, no, for really. these rights, for the rights of these women. And especially, you know, in a culture where it would have been so much easier for him to just sit down and do nothing, he did the right thing. Yeah. He did the right thing and he fought for what he knew was right. Yeah. And I love that it wasn't, he made his whole mission not just about getting justice for his brothers, which of course that was a massive part of of why he did what he did, but it was also about the women who were killed so senselessly. Yeah. And not just the women of Kohistan, but the women of Pakistan. Yeah. Who go unreported every year. And I'm sure that there are more women all over the world who, oh, I'm sure. um, you know, honor killings do not just exist in Pakistan. I can tell you that. Yeah. Um, you know, and we just so happened to be looking at the case where we're dealing with one. And that was mostly just because I didn't know anything about this case. And I, the way that I kind of choose my cases is if I don't know about it, I assume that no one else knows about it. And that's not a great way to live. <laughs> but 
Hey, we all have our things. That's kind of how I do it. And also, if I don't know about it, I'm much more likely to want to research it. Yeah. And want to talk about it. Which makes sense. So, but, you know, I just, the fact that there are a thousand cases like this every year, and probably more that go unreported, you know, this is just one. Yeah. And so many people got away. I think Bin Yasir said that at least 40 people were involved in the death of these girls and his brothers. That's just so many Atrocious. People. Atrocious. It's awful. You know, like, communities should be coming together for positive things, not for murder. This is not... Yeah. That's not the kind of block party I want to have. <laughs> no. Not at all. And honestly, I mean, I'm just... And, and if you see pictures of these girls, like, they're so cute. Yeah. They look so sweet and so vibrant. And they're just like... I, I hesitate to say go watch the video because knowing what happens to them, it is very harrowing. Yeah. But I have seen the video and, you know, they just, they look so happy. They're just clapping and singing and kind of moving along to the music and... You know, they're just so cute, and that's part of what makes everything that much more heartbreaking, is that you know how their lives get so senselessly cut short. Yeah. Because of how they were perceived, a wrongdoing that was perceived rather than something that they actually did wrong. Yeah. And that's, I think, what really gets my goat about these honor killings, is that a lot of them is, it's perceived immoral behavior rather than yeah actual immoral behavior although i guess you know you could argue that all immoral behavior is perceived because you know what what classifies as immoral right it, that's up to the individual yeah you know exactly. that's up to the community and i just it's so dangerous i think to you know perpetuate a community wherein you cannot breathe a certain way for fear that you will be killed yeah for shaming your family it's a it's a scared way to live it's a terrifying way to live and i can oh my gosh i can only imagine how those poor girls must have been feeling when their fathers and their brothers and members of their community came after them yeah that must have been like i can't even imagine how scared they must have been truly because these are people that they're supposed to be able to trust. Exactly. Like, that is so awful. Yeah, it is. It's just... It's just sad. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just... This is a really sad one. I know this is, yeah. this is probably the saddest one that we've covered on the podcast yet, but yeah. I just feel like it's sad, but the saddest ones are super important you know because these girls deserved so much more than they got yeah these girls deserved justice yeah and i'm heartbroken that they didn't get it in the way that they should have agreed yeah it's just it's hard like Try, and if you try and imagine yourself in their position, mm-hmm. like I, I can't. Oh my no. gosh. 
No, like, who... It's... It's so rough. And not... Oh, and not, like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's just awful. It's just so awful. And... You know, my, my thoughts are with um, the Kohistani family who have lost so many of their siblings. He had eight children and they lost four because of this case. Yeah. That is truly awful. That's just so harrowing. Yeah. And I know we're kind of repeating ourselves here, but like, I can't stress enough how privileged we are to live in a community where we don't have to worry about something like this. Yeah, it definitely gives a new perspective. Uh Uh-huh. And there are, you know, there are a lot of parts of Pakistan where people don't have to worry about things like this. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that there is a region who still practices something like this seems so foreign to us in a lot of ways. And yet it's something that we need to be aware of because these women and girls need our attention. They need to know that we're supporting them. They need to know that we are on their side and that we will tell those stories and that we will get them justice. Yeah. So with that. Yeah. I feel really bad asking people to follow us on social media. So after that, yeah. I'm not going to. No. But we really appreciate you guys listening to us. Um, If you or anybody that you know is suffering from um, abuse in any way, shape, or or form, um, you can feel free to call the uh, domestic violence hotline um, at 800-799. 7233. They are there to help you uh, if you ever need anything. Um, So, everybody, please take care of yourselves and keep yourselves um, in a positive situation and in communities where you know that you are loved and supported and that you will not be attacked for being different and for being yourself. Yeah. We love you all very much. We do. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.